looking to make some healthier habits this holiday season, make sure to check out our Moving Through Midlife community over on Facebook as we are doing a Planksgiving event where we are doing daily plank workouts. We will be doing an advent for healthy, happy hips this holiday season, and then also have a sugar challenge, a two-week sugar challenge that you might be interested in. Happy holidays! Today, I want to share with you three tips to get you and your family off of ultra-processed foods. First, I want to share with you some statistical information to get you thinking about the importance of getting off of ultra-processed foods. Did you know that three out of four Americans are overweight? So 42% of our population is considered obese, and 31% of our population is overweight. Now, whether or not you are in agreement with what's considered overweight and obese, and can you be healthy overweight, which yes, you can, um, but that is just some information to think about. What I want you to think even more about is the information that I'm providing now, which is about your health. 45% of Americans, almost half of us will have an issue with heart disease by 2035. Some issue with heart disease. Almost 50% of men will be diagnosed with some form of cancer, while one in three women will do the same. 11% of our population had diabetes in 2022. And this is going to increase to almost 15% by 2025. So you can imagine, if we continue on this road, what will continue to happen with diabetes alone. With all of that information, one thing that is key is roughly 60% of our calories come from ultra-processed foods. 60% of what we eat comes from ultra-processed foods. This is not your processed foods. This is not your, I'm going to call out, say, Larabar. Okay, so they've got like cashews and dates and nuts and different things within that Larabar. And I don't know why I said that one, but whatever. Um, that would be processed. These are ultra-processed foods. Ultra-processed foods are formulated foods that contain no whole food. Think pretzels, goldfish, sugar-sweetened beverages, reconstituted meat. If you go in to buy that chicken nugget and you look at it and you're like, this doesn't look like a piece of chicken at all. All of those things are ultra-processed foods. These are foods that are created by scientists in a lab to make them highly palatable and addictive. They are filled with high sodium, sugar, and terrible, terrible oils that increase inflammatory markers. 
And when your inflammatory markers rise, you're also at an increased risk for autoimmune disease, which is also on the rise. So what can we start to do to make these changes, to not be stuck in this 60% eating ultra-processed foods? Like we are no longer eating food. And food, you know, our cells, every cell in our, in our body is being regenerated by the foods that we are eating. So if we're not eating food, what, what is happening? And I understand the battle's real. These, um, these companies make food extremely desirable. They make us crave them. They're addictive. They're highly palatable so that when we're eating the, them, we overconsume them. Um, they market to our children. They put lots of money into um, marketing for our children. And a lot of it goes into education to where even when you go, you know, when your kids go to school, even if you're doing things properly here at, you know, at home, they're going into the school, they're going out into the community, they're with friends, and um, it becomes very, very difficult. But we've got, we've got to make some small changes where we can. And that's what I wanted to share with you today. What are three things that we can start working on right now to help us get out of this ultra-processed food addiction? The first one today or this week, I don't care, you are going to go into your pantry. I I recommend you. I'm not going to make you do anything, obviously, but I would love for you to go in your pantry and find one item and figure out which item, maybe it's one that you're like, we really shouldn't be eating this or whatever is that most, the, you know, your most processed food. Like when you look at it, you're like, oh, I know that's really bad. Start there. What can you take out? And don't, don't waste, don't waste it. Don't go throw it away today. What I want you to do instead is I want you to grab a red marker and I want you to kind of create some sort of red dot on it, scratch through it, red X, whatever you want to do to kind of remind you that that is not coming back in your house. And you're going to have a couple options with this. So that one item you're getting rid of, it's not coming back in the house. And you can, I'm going to give you a few things you can do with that one. You can look for a healthier option of the same thing that maybe doesn't have, you know, instead of 25 ingredients, it has seven or eight ingredients. So looking for the healthier option would be option one. Option two would be look for something that can replace that that maybe isn't quite as bad as that. Or option three, make something on your own to replace that. Okay, so I'm thinking Pop-Tarts. And, you know, we're all at different levels here. We are all on our own health journey. So just play along with me and you pick that one item that you have that you know is your Pop-Tart. So if it's Pop-Tarts, 
you can then look at the more organic Pop-Tarts um, and choose that instead. That's going to be your starting level. Um, obviously, if you think about it, Pop-Tarts are probably not the best option for your child to be eating um, because of the blood sugar and everything. And if you want to know more about that, I want to make sure you go listen to episode 110 where we dis where I discuss protein breakfasts. Um, but that would be the better option, right, for the Pop-Tart. Option two would be, okay, I know Pop-Tarts aren't good. So I'm going to look at something different and a little bit healthier for my child. So I saw these zucchini-type muffins that seem to have pretty clean ingredients um, and, you know, but they're still going to give them that sweetness, that type of thing. Okay. So that would be option two, looking for something that can replace the Pop-Tart. You've got something sweet there. We're going to replace it with a healthier muffin and maybe I'll make some eggs or whatever with that instead of the Pop-Tart. Or option three with that would be, I'm not going to make Pop-Tarts or I'm not going to buy these Pop-Tarts, but you know, I did see um, online that someone created a recipe for homemade Pop-Tarts. So I'm going to go buy that pie crust. I'm going to put a little jelly preserve in the middle, you know, of that rectangle. I'm going to put it together, make little fork tine things, add a little bit of powdered sugar and milk to the top when it comes out of the oven. There, that's like my homemade Pop-Tart. So they'll get that treat every once in a while. I'm not going to make it every day for them, but they'll get that treat every once in a while to kind of that in between. So those are a couple of things, right? So you're going to get that one pantry item. You're going to decide that it's not coming back in the home. And there, those are three little things within that one category that you can work towards. The second thing that you can do to work on getting um, ultra-processed foods out of the house, is instead of thinking, what can I take away? What am I going to take away from them? Think about what you can add. Where am I going to add things? I'm going to add more fruits and vegetables into their diet. Because if I can fill them up on this platter, this fun platter of carrots and hummus and celery and cucumbers and maybe some pita bread. When they come home from school, that may keep them from going and getting the pretzels and the goldfish that are empty calories. So they're going to continue to crave one because they're highly palatable, two because there's no there's zero nutritional value. And when you're hungry, your body's looking for nutrition and we can tease it. We can, uh, you know, make it think that we're filling it by just eating these ultra processed foods. But then we're going to be hungry again because we have not given our body the nutrients that we need or that it needs unless it's been fortified, possibly. So that's the second thing is instead of taking something away from them, add something in. What can I do that's quick and easy and healthy and will, you know, maybe I still have some of those goldfish and pretzels. Maybe I have some pretzels with hummus, but I also have the carrots and the vegetables and this 
there. And what happens if you consistently do these types of things, you are changing their microbiome. So their belly, the gut bugs in their belly, you are changing that and they will, they will, it will take time, yes, but they will start to crave more of those foods because your body, your microbiome, those gut bugs, they start to want when the good, healthy bugs take over the bad, healthy, uh, the bad, healthy bugs, there's not bad, healthy bugs. When the good, healthy bugs take over the bad, they will start to crave what they want, which is good, healthy food. So you will, you will see a change and you will, if any of you um, have gone through this where you do start to work on eating healthier and then you go back to eating something unhealthy, like, you know, some, something processed, you can taste it. You can taste in your mouth that chemically taste. So that is the other thing that I want you to try doing. So that's the second one. The last one that I want you to focus on working through is I want you to start asking your children to tune in to what their body is telling them. And I, I truly believe that if you can do, so I've given you three, you start where you need to. But if you can start getting your kids to listen to their body and know that something they ate is affecting them, you're golden. You are teaching them something for a lifetime. Most foods, when you eat them, are going to provide information to your body. Like that, you know, that food is information. And if they're going to react to it, most, you know, between 30 minutes and an hour is when most people will start to notice changes with what they're eating. I'm, I'm sorry, with what, the, how their body responds. So, and, and some of these might be different, like acne, that might be different. Um, my son the other day came home and he was talking about acne and everything. And he's like, my friends were talking about how um, it might be dairy. I might be eating too much dairy and that might be why I have acne. I was like, mm, yep. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I've spoken to his older brother about this. So I was like, okay, yeah, mm -hmm, that makes sense to me. Why don't you try going without dairy for the next few days and just see, see what happens. So he did. And it, it hasn't gone away completely, but it has cleared up. So that was him finding out for himself or, you know, his friends, they were all talking about it. And he was able to see for himself what happened. Now, I'm not saying dairy is bad. Um, I am a proponent. I like dairy. I think, you know, if you can handle it and you don't have problems with it, that's great. Um, so, you know, that's just an example of listening to your body. I think I've spoken to or mentioned many times about my daughter. Um, there are some things that she is really starting to notice what I would say is probably blood sugar related, where she's starting to see things herself um, when she eats something and she might have some sort of reaction. And she's like, mm, I didn't feel good after that. 
you know, um, I, I think something might have been up with that. And, and it's not even taking it always away. It doesn't mean that they can't have that item anymore, but maybe the way that they eat that item might be different. So make them, that's the third one. So getting in tune with listening to your body. What do you notice? Are you dealing with more anxiety after you have that sugary breakfast? Are you tanking at 1030 in the morning after you eat that sugary breakfast and you're starving for lunch? What if tomorrow we try to eat some eggs and um, some sausage and you know, some fruit and maybe a piece of toast, whatever. And let's see if that gets us through a little bit longer before you start getting those cravings and getting really hungry. Um, all of these things are teaching them how to listen to our body. And if there's one thing that we have um, done is we don't listen. We don't listen to what our, our body is telling us so much. And many of us have shut it, shut it off. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to listen to it. We're too busy. We're too consumed with other things, distractions, to really start to listen to what our body has to say. And it's giving us clues all the time. So those are the three things. Feel free to pick one. I mean, if you are one of those people who, if if you like to you know, try to do all three of them, go for it. But I want you to always remember that I'm here to provide you ideas, um, different ways of thinking about things, and giving you a tan something that you can take and apply it and see how you do with it. And if it's something you don't like, get rid of it. Hopefully you will find one of these at least because we've got to change that. We've got to go. It does not mean you're going to get to 0% with the processed foods. I think that is extremely difficult. Um, but, you know, can you reverse that? Can you have where you're eating 60 to 70% real foods and only 30 to 40% ultra processed foods? Like how much can we reverse of those statistics if we work on getting more whole foods into our diet. So that is what I'm leaving with you today. I hope you enjoyed this. Um, make sure to join us over in our Moms Raising Healthy Humans community. Uh, we have a lot of fun challenges coming up, so make sure to join us over there. And I hope you all have a wonderful week.